welcome back to the Smoking Cuban Podcast. It's been a, a, a few weeks since we've been with you. We've been going through some finals and and uh, other things. I know Manny had some, some things with church going on lately, and so we've been kind of busy, but we're glad to be back with you. Um, my name is Cole Rast, as always, co-host, and with me is Manny Dixon. Go ahead and say hello, Manny. Hey, guys. Sorry for the wait. It's been a while, but um, glad to be back. All right, let's get it. All right, so let's jump into it. We're recording uh, Friday night. Um, the Warriors just closed out the, the Rockets in Game 6, uh, sending them to the Western Conference Finals. So we have two teams through so far in the playoffs. We haven't really t- had a chance to talk about the playoffs at this point. Um, we've got Milwaukee in the East. We've got uh, Golden State in the West. And then we've got two Game 7s coming with uh, Denver and Portland in the West vying for that spot to play against the Warriors. And then uh, Toronto and Philadelphia playing in the East to play against the Bucks. So give me, uh, just give me some thoughts about the playoffs so far, Manny. What's the, what's something that stuck out to you? What's something that's been interesting or uh, confusing? Just give me, give me some thoughts about the playoffs so far. Um, I'll I'll start off with the, the Bucks. Um. <clears throat> I'm. I've been thoroughly impressed uh, coming into the playoffs. Uh, I know there was a lot of uh, talk and hype around uh, Giannis because of his uh, MVP, um, well, worthy season. Um, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just more so a bit hesitant. So I was just waiting to see if they he could actually lead his team uh, uh, into like a deep playoff run uh, before, um, you know. I guess going all head over heels in love with them, whatever. Because listen, I'm I'm old school. I I'm a firm believer that MVPs play throughout the month of May and June. Um, so I'm like I said, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Uh, he's, but it's weird because as well as he's played, um, the team as you know as currently constructed is just it's it's complete. And um, that's like mm-hmm. the, the, for me, it's been the biggest surprise. Uh, you know, when he's on the bench, they don't miss a beat. They're like, you know, they're increasing leads, and they're just one of the most complete teams I've seen in a while. Um, especially coming out of like the Eastern Eastern Conference. Um, so yeah, like that's like been a, the main standout. Other other teams and players, you know, you expect to see like you know, the Warriors. I mean, we get it, like. They've done this already. They did it without Kevin Durant, so we shouldn't be surprised if they're doing this now without him. Um, you know, same right. song and dance with the Rockets. They have they've had their number, uh, you know, like three previous uh, matchups in the playoffs with them. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, what else is there? I mean, Jokic, he's killing it, um, averaging close to a triple double. I'm not a fan of his, uh, sorry, <laughs> but I do respect his his game, I guess. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And like I said um, early, um, before we started the show, I, I do, uh, I respect the way the Nuggets play. Uh, they're one of the few teams that play their way as opposed to, uh, I guess, trying to match up with how Golden State plays and beating them at their own game. Like, you know, the Nuggets, mm-hmm. they play through their center, which is kind of, you know, unheard of because we're in an era where the center is pretty much uh, 
non-existent, you know. So right. um, I, I can't appreciate that they're a good team, great team, uh, the best home team um, in the league as well, and they're playing their way through their center, and he's just like a he's a, one of the best floor generals in the league. So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. huge. And then we have this weird series going on with Toronto and um, <laughs> the Sixers, and I'm not sure. I still don't know who those teams are because it's like Toronto is – they're like Jekyll and Hyde with Kawhi on the court and with him off oh, the man. court, you know. And man. as far as, like, Philly goes, it's like Embiid is sick every other game. <laughs> so I don't I don't know what's going on. And then <laughs> Hard to uh, rely on anything like that. Yeah, it's either he's there and taking over, which he hasn't been a lot because he – what is he, like, scoring, like, 20 points or less, like, in, like, what, last five of six games? Like, he hasn't yeah. – he just hasn't been himself. Um, and if that's not bad enough, you know, and B – I mean, Simmons, he's struggling with his shot. So, I mean, it's like your two main stars aren't really consistent. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know their identity as of yet. So, we have a game seven. Don't know how, but, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's free basketball, so we'll take it. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been cool, but I I just see Warriors, Bucks meeting up in the finals, and uh, it should be interesting because like uh, I I feel that the Bucks are kind of like the team to beat right now because they're like I said um the most complete team, um right. both ends of the court, uh and yeah I just think it's their time, so we'll we'll see how yeah. that goes. It's gonna be very interesting. I think they'll give a. I think they'll definitely give um, Golden State fits. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard to to really think that a Golden State team with Durant and Steph and and Clay Thompson would have issues winning a title again. Um, but I, I'm with you. I mean, Milwaukee is just a really good team, and they have a formidable lineup. We talked about that. We have they have a a great starting five that that is can really compete and if they're all on they're very dangerous which is why they had the best record in the league this year um I'm, that's no fluke there they really are that good uh, and when they can click it makes all the difference but um one team that has stuck out to me this playoffs um you talked you touched on them a little bit is the nuggets um i am a big fan of Jokic. i have been uh, for a while um, but it, the fascinating thing about the Nuggets is that they're knocking on the door of a Western Conference Finals, and arguably their three best players are 22, 24, and 24. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that's that says a lot. That shows you what that how well that team is built, um, and that they're gonna be they're gonna be a serious team for a long time if they can keep that core. Of uh, of Jokic and Jamal Murray and and Gary Harris, those three have just been um, really good together. And uh, you know they have some good supporting pieces. Paul Millsap offers some good leadership. Will Barton obviously can give you that spark off the bench. Um, they do have Isaiah Thomas, which um, probably means something, but um, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean they they're just they're a team that is built for success down the road and it may not come this year it may not come next year but they're young they've got a lot of basketball ahead of them um the other team um that we didn't talk about and we haven't talked about mainly because they are already been eliminated um but was the clippers were 
just a, a awesome team to watch in the playoffs. I mean, they went six games oh, deep yeah. with the one seed Warriors, um, really without a star. Uh, they got great play from uh, from some great guys that really uh, really showed out with like Montrez Harrell and Pat Beverly and Lou Williams was just absolutely unstoppable. Um, Gallinari, my favorite player on the team, um, had some good moments, um, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't say enough about those guys that really just don't get the respect and d- didn't get the respect that they, they probably deserved after uh, Tobias Harris got traded. I mean, that team sure. was expected to tank and and be nowhere near the playoffs, and they ended up taking the, the Warriors with Kevin Durant in a full fully healthy lineup to six games and, and really yeah. made them work for it. So that was a real fun team to watch, and I know you you agree with that, but it was just uh, something we hadn't talked about since we've been been away for so long that it's uh, they've yeah. been out of the playoffs for a little while. But well, um, real quick, let me ask you a question. Um, are you a Doc Rivers guy or? Uh, I have never been a Doc Rivers guy. Okay. Um, I really for the longest time thought that he was um not a good coach. I, I thought that he was. Uh, given a lot of credit for things that he um, didn't or, or that weren't really his doing, you know, mm-hmm. he had Chris Paul and and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan for a long time and and couldn't get those guys into anything past the you know the second round second round and I thought that that was a lot of that was his doing but I mean this team this year really changes my perspective on him. It's a lot like Eric Spolstra in a way for a long time. Okay. You know, it, there there was this this belief that Spolstra was not a good coach just because he was he was there with LeBron. Um, but when LeBron left, he's continued to be a, a really dynamite coach, and so you start to see that really these guys kind of get stuck under these star players, and, and and if they don't have the success that you expect from them, then yeah. uh, then it goes on them as opposed to anyone else. And so he he's woken me up a little bit to the fact that he really is a, a stellar coach and and is is deserving of many of the honors he's received in the past um but yeah i i it really did take me till this team this year to see that he uh he knows how to lead a team it's a good question um so yeah that's um kind of our little quick playoff recap uh we do want to get into free agency for the most part today um lots of big rumors coming out uh, over the last couple weeks obviously this is rumor season i mean you can't trust everything you read. It's just not. It's just how the NBA works. You don't see it a whole lot in the other leagues, but in the NBA, uh, a rumor can come out from a random source, and people will buy it, and it'll have you know oh, yeah. thousands of retweets, and people will believe it tooth and nail. And it's uh, it's a dangerous game. But we will go over some of the ones that we've seen um, from some reliable sources, some some that we've talked about or that we've uh, written about on the site. Um, so let's jump into that. The The first one is the most important one that we've seen uh, coming from Mark, St- Mark Stein, who writes for the New York Times and has covered the Mavs for many years. Um, he, tweet, or he, tweet, he wrote a story, uh, and he basically said that the Mavs' main targets this summer are going to be either Chris Middleton or Kemba Walker, or really, in, in essence, both of them, whichever one uh, we have a better shot at will then be our main target. Um, so let's let's start with that. Chris Middleton, Kemba Walker, they're not very similar players. They play different positions. They have different mm-hmm. styles. They have different, um, you know, different par- different ways to play the game that co- that have different players that would complement them better. Um, obviously, the Mavs have a great roster set up with Luca and Chris Depps in the making. 
Um, got some good guys off the bench. Um, really just looking for that, that extra star that can push us over the edge. So let's let's start there. Um, Middleton, Kemba Walker, give me your thoughts. Uh, tell me who, who fits the team better. And uh, let's go there. Yeah, go ahead. Um. All right, so as far as fit goes, uh, I feel both would be a great fit. Um, however, um, considering that we already have uh, Luca and KP, um, I know it would be. I I'm more in favor of actually adding, uh, um, like you know, like a defensive guard or wing, um, mm-hmm. to the lineup. However, um, I just feel like adding Kemba uh, adds a different dynamic to the starting lineup. Um, because right. that's 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 like the one player that you know other other teams like defenses have to game plan for. You know what I mean? Um, because we know we know what uh we know what Kemba offers. He's more right. of a finished product than uh you know Chris Middleton. Like you know Chris Middleton, we know him as like a three and D guy for the most part. Um, he's right. more like a complimentary piece. Um. I mean, you we've seen him in the playoffs. Like he's capable of capable of uh, creating his own shot, uh, but not at the same capacity as uh, Kemba Walker. Like his game is refined. His game is complete, um, uh, especially on like on the the offensive end. And I just feel like we need that. If we're gonna make a run, you know, at the playoffs, um, mm-hmm. and even more, I feel like we need that one player that uh, that that. We, like defenses had to pay more attention to, um, as opposed right. to just adding a complimentary piece. Um, and it's just a lot of reasons. I, honestly, in my opinion, I feel we know right now um, that we see Kemba's uh, desire to win. Like that's clear. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, right now, uh, you know, Middleton he's still in the midst of a playoff run, so I'm not too sure uh, what his mindset will be. Uh, in the off season, depending on where they finish, he may you know be in a great position. I uh, mm-hmm. feel like you know there's no need for him to leave. Um, I just I just love the I just love the idea of adding a guy like Kemba Walker because we already see he's he's super loyal. You know uh, he went on record saying that he wanted to you know stay in Charlotte, even though the front office hasn't done a great job of putting the pieces around him to compete and right. uh, you know to make deep playoff runs. He He's a guy that when he starts something, he wants to finish it. So I mean, we we need you know more players like that because obviously we just lost one of you know our cornerstone players and Dirk you know after like a a great uh, career. But we just need more people like that. I mean, I I for one can appreciate that because whoever you're adding, like they're going to be joining two young studs, you know and. Mm-hmm. My hope is we keep them too. So I hope it just like the loyalty yeah. rubs off on them. I just hope that they can create like a type of camaraderie that they just want to stay in Dallas for a long time and uh, keep com- keep competing for for championships in the future. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like Kemba would be my pick. I don't think you can make a wrong decision at all. Um, True. They're they're you know they're not similar. They don't have similar play styles, but I do like. I'm think I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking when we're in the playoffs, you know, and in, in crunch time, 
who you can get the ball to and say, go mm-hmm. get me a bucket. You know what I mean? So, like, things like right. that, when I think of those scenarios, I'm just like, who do I want at that moment? And I can't think of a better person that's available this, this offseason than Kemba. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my pick. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, there's not a wrong choice here, and that's the beauty of things. Um, the the downside, obviously, that we haven't talked about is that there is absolutely no guarantee that we get either of those guys. You know, they're both going to command a max contract, and they're both going to get max contract offers from multiple teams. That's not um, that's not really a secret. Um, so you know, you get the you get the to, we'll get to see that they're going to have to choose between a team that maybe can put them in a better situation, or a team that can offer them more money, or a team that can offer them. Um, a change in scenario or a change in scenery. I mean, it's just going to be a matter of what they want. Um, as far as Middleton versus Walker goes, for me, I um, uh, stand on the other side. Um, I do believe that Kemba would fit with the Mavs, and I think that he is he would offer um, an awesome um, extra option. Um, I, I know there are a lot of people that are concerned about how the ball is going to work with two kind of ball-dominant players in Kemba and Luka. I really don't think it's going to be an issue. I think that both of them are no. capable of playing off the ball just as they are capable of, of taking over the game. Um, and I think that they'll actually, I, I think they'll work great together if that, if that becomes the case. Um, but you just can't overstate the importance of having a guy that is a good defender that's six foot eight that can shoot the ball. There's, you know, there's not enough of those guys in the league, and, and every team yeah. needs one or two, or every team can use multiple uh, and use them well. Um, Middleton is just kind of coming into his um, star form. I mean, he's averaging uh, like 19 points a game over the last couple of years and and uh, has been really a good complementary player to uh, Giannis, and I think that he'd yeah. be a good complementary role player to Luka and to um Chris Tapps, I think that he's he would really fit the uh, the team well at that point. Um, if we're talking who has a who, who the Mavs actually have a better chance of getting, I think it's Kemba. I think it's more likely that Kemba leaves Charlotte than it is that Middleton leaves Milwaukee. I mean, obviously yeah, I he's in a great situation, and that team is is on its way to uh, likely an NBA Finals appearance um but obviously at the very least they're already in the eastern conference finals and that's a a pretty good pretty amazing thing for these guys um middleton is is not a young player he hasn't been in the league for super long but he's um he's kind of taken a little bit of time to develop into what he is he's i think he's 27 now so you know both of these guys neither are we signing to um keep for forever they're uh, guys that are in their prime now that are going to help the team for the next five years, give or take, um, that can really um, complement Luca and Chris Dapps can be a leader on the team. Um, you know, the, the, whatever, whichever one of these guys, if we get either of them, whichever one of them comes in, uh, is going to be expected to be a leader on the team. And uh, I, I don't think that's a, a big secret. I think they're both capable of it. I do think that Kemba is probably going to be a, a better um, leader role. Uh, but as I said, there's just you just can't uh, overstate the importance of size and, and agility, uh, especially yeah. with the the great wings that are in the league at this time. Um, yeah, so the just to sum up, kind of where we're at here, Middleton 
versus Kemba, you can't go wrong. I mean, either one of those guys is a huge uh, get in the in free agency. It would be maybe the best signing that the Mavs have ever had in free agency, or, or best they've had in in a very long time as a free agent. Um, which you know is is a little worrisome in itself, but um, it, it shows that the 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 mindset of Mavs fans have may maybe changed a little bit to see that our team really has a bright future in front of us. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So let's go to uh, oh seriously, let's go to the next point. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon is another name that w- that has been uh, floating around. Obviously, Brogdon has been injured uh, for the last little bit. Um, nothing major. Um, plantar fasciitis is a is a fairly common injury. Um, it can be pretty nagging, um, but if you get it healed up right, it's it's usually uh, um, nothing that's going to slow down his play. It's nothing that's going to affect him in the future. So the injury is of no concern. Um, obviously, the big thing with Brogdon is that he is going to be a restricted free agent. So. The Bucks do have the opportunity to match any com- contract offer that he receives. Um, the Bucks are also going to be trying to figure out contracts for Brooke Lopez, for Eric Bledsoe, for Chris Middleton, uh, and maybe some other guys. I can't remember who else. But those three are um, big players, obviously, that they'll want to return uh, if possible. Um, so is my question to you is, is Malcolm Brogdon a, a solid option for the Mavs uh solid option sure uh definitely um I'll say this I feel like you just mentioned uh the Bucks have their work cut out for them this offseason because they have you know a lot of uh decisions to make I guess as far as keeping mm-hmm. their you know core players together um so it's likely that one or two players may slip through the crack and they have to let you know them walk whatever um, I, right. I feel it's more likely that it would be Brogdon as opposed to to uh, Chris Middleton. Um, mm-hmm. Agreed. And he, Brogdon, um, is, how do I say, he's not as, uh, uh, he, he has way more room uh, to grow. He's younger. Um, but, again, he's a 50-40 guy, 50-40-90 guy. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the potential is already there. Um, right. And uh, I do think, uh, given the opportunity, um, he can work his way up to becoming like, you know, a 17, 18, 19 um, point per game guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel he's more, I'm not going to say he's like a better option or more solid. I just feel like he's a safer um, mm-hmm. option with more upside. And right. I'm pretty sure he'll be a lot cheaper as well because mm-hmm. he, he, he won't require a max contract. So, right. I mean, it's likely, you know, um, he is restricted, so they can match. But I, I believe that their priority will be, uh, you know, Chris Middleton, uh, honestly, along with uh, Brooke Lopez, because that's the game. That's the area in right now, you know, having a big man that can stretch the floor they can do and, that um, yeah. and play great defense and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, crash the boards for you. I'm just like, I, I don't know. it. Someone's going to get you know, uh, lost, uh, in that, uh, equation. But, um, if it is Brogdon, I mean, I, I would go for him, honestly. Um, yeah. in, in that case, we were able to save a little bit more money and go after another, 
you know, a complimentary piece. So, I mean, right. it, it, it still works out as opposed to just throwing, you know, the max at one play. We can actually end up with, you know, two solid pieces on the end. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if Brogdon's one of them, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a, a big Brogdon fan. I do think he's um, a very underrated player in the league. Uh, you did talk about the fact that he's uh, in the 50-40-90 club, which is a very prestigious, very elite club in the league. Um, only like seven or eight players have done it in NBA history, uh, and you know pretty much all their names. You got, you know, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Dirk, Steve Nash, Larry Bird. I mean, that's a, that's good company to be in. Um, but you know people don't really think about the fact that can you imagine putting a 40 percent three-point shooter next to luca in the backcourt i'm telling you i mean those those assists are going up (laughs) yeah that's going to be lethal you have him and chris Stapps on the edge ready for the pass ready to shoot both elite shooters i mean the the sky is the limit for that kind of offense that's exactly what um I mean, that's exactly how, how the league is supposed to be played. You have a, a guy that can attack, that can make plays happen like Luka, and a guy that like Luka that has the court vision that he does. I mean, it's just going to be fun. I mean, Luka is, Luka is what Philly wishes Ben Simmons was. Uh, I agree. And, and if you put, I mean, Ben Simmons has Tobias Harris and, and Jimmy Butler and JJ Redick, I mean these guys that can shoot the ball and you put those guys on or put some of those guys with Luca and it's just a different team. I mean can you imagine passing to those guys as opposed to Tim Hardaway and and Ryan Brokoff and Maxi Kleber on the edge? I mean it's just it's there's no comparison. Um no, not at all. Yeah, so I I mean I, I'm getting off topic. I'm getting I'm getting too excited about Luca next year. But um <laughs> But no, Brogdon is just a really solid player. He's he's one of those guys you can rely on. Um, he's never going to give you... Eh, maybe I shouldn't say never. Maybe, maybe there is a, a world where he will be uh, a star. But in my opinion, he is like your, your perfect complimentary guy that can, that can uh, do it all, um, but he doesn't need to be in the spotlight. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands all the time. Great shooter. Uh, he can bring the ball up the court if he needs to. I mean, he's a... He, he's a a point guard um, by most standards. Um, good defender. He's got size. He's six five. He's not a small guard. Um, and he just, you know, he, he goes and does his work. That's. I, I really like Brogdon. I really hope that the Mavs do pursue him because, like you said, I I, I think that he is more available than Middleton. And I think that uh, as we get closer to the summer, the Mavs are going to see that, and I think they might uh they might make that move. Um, so yeah, Brogdon is definitely a yes. Um, Middleton Walker. You're not going to hear a lot of no's from us tonight. I mean, these are just the the, the names that were rumored to be to be um, looking at are great players, and there's no mm-hmm. there's no way around that. I mean, we may have our our qualms with some of them. We may have people that we're not as interested in, but the fact is, we'd be excited to have any of these guys because they just change the game. They are they're capable players that can that can really affect your team in a positive way on any given night. Um, So let's jump into um, the next category. This one does need a little bit of uh, prefacing. Basically, um, Chris Stapps Porzingis is a 7'3 shooter, um, which makes him a kind of confusing positional player. You know, 
He doesn't exactly fit the mold for a five because he's not big and bulky. He doesn't uh, play in the post a whole lot. He doesn't really fit in the four because he's really tall and not super fast, and he's a better rim protector than he is an individual defender. So you're kind of caught in in the uh, the middle ground with him, um, despite the fact that he's the tallest player in the league, which is kind of interesting. Um, but on the off chance, maybe not off chance, on the chance that the Mavs um, decide to pursue a center and pair him with Chris Stapps at the four, um, who do you think are the best centers that are going to be available this summer? Well, I mean, one of the best centers that will be available uh, is probably going to be uh, Nikolai Vucevic from the, the Magic. Mm-hmm. Um which we've had no shortage of rumors about him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> and, like, from both ends, it's not just, you know, our interest in him, but, uh, you know, his interest in, I guess, us, uh, so to speak, uh, mm-hmm. you know, playing, with, playing alongside uh, Luca. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, and he was really excited to play with Derek, you know, in the All-Star game, too. So, I mean, it's it's a good feeling to, have, yeah. to like, hear these rumors, and it's like, both. Mutual interest both. that we haven't yeah, heard like before. And just like, <laughs> you know, it's like a two-way street, not just, you know, what we're right. used to. It's just like every like everybody that's available, the Mavs want them. Um, right. <laughs> but, um, listen, I, I mean, I, I'm not big on Vucevic, but if uh, if you're if you are going to play, uh, you know, KP at the four, um, what can I say? He's going to get you He's gonna get you what twelve to thirteen boards a game, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's above average. Um, he can mm-hmm. create his own shot. Um, he's he's more than a serviceable defender at the rim. Uh, he can also stretch the floor a bit. Um, but the guy that I would prefer, honestly, um, if we can get DJ back, I I'll mm-hmm. take that. That'd be um, ideal. If, especially if he comes uh, cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would snag him up real quick because, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Knicks have a, the Knicks have a lot going on. Like, they have plans to take over this world, and they want to get, like, all the stars in the world, and they want to add Zion, I'm sure. And I don't know what their plans are moving forward or who they plan on keeping or whatever, but I'm pretty sure, again, right. some players are going to get, you know, left out. You know, in the dark, and um, if they don't need DJ, I mean, we will gladly take him back. Um, he understands the system already. Um, we miss him sorely, like on the boards. Uh, we mm-hmm. can see how you know his his um his departure affected us as far as like rebound numbers go uh, during right. the season. But uh, but yeah, I mean, putting a putting a center like a DJ um down low next to uh you know playing alongside KP, I mean, yeah, that's. That's boards all day, you know. Yeah. Because um, KP is no slouch on defense, like you mentioned. Uh, so I mean, you have a, you know, a stretch four, and you have um, DJ down there, like your your defensive anchor, uh, mm-hmm. get, giving you you know thirteen, fourteen boards a game, and it's just like, why not, you know? So like that's 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 my guy um, that I would love to see back in Dallas. Um, if we can get him, um, I'll be the happiest camper. Yeah. <laughs> outside of outside of Beverly, like, yeah, outside of like Pat Bev, like that's the guy I want to be want to see in um, in Dallas. 
Yeah, it'd be awfully nice. I hope there's no uh, no hard feelings with that with all that that went down. It doesn't seem like there are, but you really never know with that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. You know. But hey, he's gotten us once. We've gotten him once. We're even now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, my guy is is Vucevic. I've been all in on him for for a long time. I, um, I've watched him his whole career. Really, really find him very entertaining, very good player. Uh, one thing that doesn't get talked a lot about um, with European players is they play really well together. Um, True. You know, European basketball is it's not going to be as entertaining or as uh, flashy as as American basketball. But those guys are good teammates. They just they they know how to play alongside each other, and they know that they kind of have to in order to to win games. Whereas, you know, and with with basketball in the U.S., it's more like you know if you have athletes that are ten times better than the guys on the other side, it doesn't really matter what you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they 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 do play well together. That's why it's really entertaining to watch players like Vucevic, like Jokic, um, that are. Are big men uh, that can shoot the ball, that can pass the ball, that can rebound the ball. They just do everything well. They don't do anything spectacular, but they don't do anything poorly. They are just good, well-rounded players. Um, like I mean, Vucevic is at basically averaged twenty-one and twelve this year with four assists and a block and a steal. I mean, those are great numbers for a big man. I do think that he complements Kristaps really well. I think that he. Um, would be uh, a good kind of high-low option with Chris Stapps up top and him at the bottom. He get, he does post up well. He can fade away. He can turn and get to the basket. Um, he's a, a pretty good uh, individual defender. He obviously isn't, doesn't have the quickest feet, which it would be the main issue with those two is that they are not going to be the fastest pairing. Um, but he is a good individual defender, um, which I think pairs well with Chris Stapps, who is a better rim protector than he is a one-on-one -on -one defender. So those two kind of can, can work in harmony on the defensive end, too. Um, I just think that they would be a good pairing. Um, and like I said, I just am, am really a fan of his game. Um, mm -hmm. I also like, um, you know, uh, as far as like a cheaper lower end option I would like someone like Robin Lopez um, okay. I mean he's he's never gonna be uh, a major threat on offense he's never gonna be your uh, your guy for anything big time but he just kind of does all the intangibles well he's a good defender he's a good rebounder um, he's a hustler he can and he still moves pretty well um, obviously he's nothing like Brooke Lopez Brooke is is a much better offensive player. Um, yeah. probably a better um, rim protector and um, but I think Lopez is kind of the better uh, overall defender or Robin is the better overall defender um, could be wrong there but I, I do like Robin Lopez and I think that we could get him for uh, a reasonable price as kind of a, uh, a fifth fifth starter kind of role um, but yeah, and then there are other guys, you know, we could try and throw our hat in with Brooke Lopez. I don't think that we're going to get him away from Milwaukee. Um, you got guys like Julius Randle, Enos Cantor, mm -hmm. um, Boogie Cousins. It's obviously a very risky one. Uh, I do know there's one that you're really high on um, that you might want to touch on, but uh, Ed Davis is available. Yes, he and, is. Uh, he could be a very interesting kind of uh, 
kind of in that same role that we would want Robin Lopez at as a as a fifth starter or even as a backup center. Yeah, he's like a high energy guy that just does a little bit of everything for you, um, everything you want a center to do. Uh, but the good thing about our uh, situation is like we don't really have to like hit a home run at the center position uh, because like like we said, um, they may choose to play uh, Chris Stapps at the four. But we really have like a combo big man that is a center essentially, but mm-hmm. he can just shoot so he can stretch the floor. So it's like whoever we get at that position is, you know, pretty much a plus. So it it just has to be somebody that complements his game. Like you said, mm-hmm. like Ed Davis, I, I I love his game. Um, he doesn't even get that many minutes, but w- what he does with it, um, he's effective, he's efficient. Um, he comes mm-hmm. in, he's high energy. Um, he's a you know good good team guy, good locker room guy. He's gonna get you. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he's gonna get you uh, anywhere between you know seven to ten boards, in what maybe twenty minutes of action. Uh, he's a right. great uh, rim protector, you know, and yeah, I mean guys like that. Plus, he's coming cheap. I mean, yeah, like I said, we don't have to hit a home run. Um, that could be like a real steal, you know, yeah, uh, and, and free agency. So. Yeah, yeah. another guy I would keep an eye on also. Yeah, being able to rotate him and, and Dwight Powell would be a, a really nice one-two punch. Um, definitely. Yeah, I mean, another guy that, that would definitely, uh, or that we could consider is is like a Dwayne Dedman, who's k- kind of a similar role, uh, a hustle player, plays good defense, gets rebounds. Um, he can actually shoot the ball fairly well, which, which would be, uh, uh, you know, it's never a bad thing to have more shooters on the floor, but... Um, he's kind of kind of one of those lower end options that you could really think about. Um, again, kind of a smaller uh, or a, a smaller price tag um, oh, yeah. with the chance to be to be someone kind of important to the team. So, um, yeah. Point being, basically, there are there are centers to choose from. It seems like the center market is kind of uh, kind of diminished this year, but there really are going to be some good options that uh, um, if the Mavs choose to go that way, uh, they, they'll be able to target some guys like that and it won't necessarily have to be a day one target they can they can wait and see how some of this Middleton and Kemba yeah. and, and those guys play out before they have to attempt to uh, to go in that direction so um, all good things um, and and yeah lots of good players there um, let's go to another point um, made by Mark Stein um, I think this one was from a tweet I'm not I can't remember for sure but he talked about uh, the f- one of the things that the Mavs are really going to be focusing on uh, is is wings that can play, that can shoot and play defense. Your your three D guys. Um, obviously Middleton fits that bill. He is uh, kind of the the gold standard. He and players like like Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler are going to be your gold standard guys that are really just. I mean that's their their uh, claim to fame is that they uh, they play great defense and they shoot the ball well. Uh, from outside, um, obviously Jimmy Butler's game is a little more round than than others. But um, yeah. point being, you're on the court to catch and shoot, and you're on the court to play defense on basically the best player on the other team. Um, but there are other guys in the league that are um, that are equipped for that kind of role. They're obviously not going to have the impact that those guys will, but they are um, they're capable three D guys. So. Let's go through a couple of those guys and just give me your thought on on if the Mavs should should target them if they 
uh, would fit the team if it's a, a good fit or if they are better off looking elsewhere. Let's start with Danny Green uh, playing for the Raptors right now. Um, longtime player. He's been with the Spurs. He's been a, uh, obviously a great team player for many years. Um, uh, but yeah, he came in, came went over to Toronto in the same trade with Kawhi Leonard. So, uh, give me your thoughts on Danny Green. Yeah, uh, when you um, so like when you gave me the topics for for this episode, like he was the first name I put down actually uh, mm-hmm. for this segment. Um, I don't want to call him a poor man's Clay Thompson because I don't really think he's that. Um, but he did have like an amazing season from uh, uh, as far as like percentage goes, like from three. Um, but yeah, he's always been that that guy that you really forget to pay attention to. But um, when it comes down to it, like in the playoffs, like that other team's our best player. Uh, yeah, Danny Green is like the guy that you can like you know put on on that play to defend him. Um, he's He's coming from Pop's system. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a plus in my eyes as is. Um, he's he's as, you know, he's well-taught. He's um, he's hard-nosed. Um, he, he's, a, he's a good locker room guy. He uh, was shooting, what, like over 40% from three this year. Um, he's not going to give you, like, you know, the, the gaudy numbers that we're used to seeing from, you know, 3 and D guys of a high, high caliber, of course. But he does a little bit of everything, and he has uh, that championship pedigree. Um, he he he's, he's he can be he can be like a leader in the locker room, um, and I think that's something else that we need to to consider as well. Not just like the skill set of the players, but because our two you know you know main stars are they're young, you know. Um, so I feel like right. as we're looking for you know backup centers and three and D guys things of that nature, we also need to add a lot of you know, um, some veteran leadership as well. Players that have playoff experience, you know, where our young guys are trying to get. And especially if you have championship uh, experience, I'm like, that's that's even better. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Danny Green is just, um, he's always been like one of my favorite uh, non-Mavs. Um, he, he's just a guy that comes to the office, does his job and leaves. Um, yep. He's not flashy. Um, I love that about him. He's willing to do whatever. Um, yeah, like he's he's at the top of my list. Um, another guy I had, um, his last la- <laughs> the last memory we have of him isn't that great. Uh, well, in the playoffs last year, he kind of like stank it up. But uh, Trevor Reza, mm-hmm. uh, I know he's a free agent. Um, I don't think he'll be getting that fifteen mil he got from the Suns last year. But um, but yeah, that's another guy we we may like you know take a look at. Uh, before that terrible series uh, that they had last year, um, I mean, what else can you say about the guy? Like he, he everywhere he's he's been, um, he's just been another guy that you can count on to to defend another team's best defender. Um, right. He loves those corner threes. You know that's that's what he's known for. Um, and yeah, another guy that you know championship level experience. Um, and he he can be a great leader. He can be a great mentor to mm-hmm. young players as well. So yeah, like those are like the two uh, two guys I would like to see the Mavs go after. Uh, as far mm-hmm. as like three and D guys, you, you know, if we strike out with the you know the Clays and the Middletons, 
um, of the world. I mean, I don't think it would be uh, that big of a downgrade to get either one of those two guys. Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm a, definitely a, a Danny Green fan for the same reasons you are. I just like that he's he is who he is. He's a he's a worker. He's he's there to to do his job and he does it well. Um, next name on my list was Al Farouk Aminu. Um, we've talked about this a little bit. I did write a piece about why why the Mavs should target him again. Um, obviously, he played with the Mavs before. Uh, became a fan favorite pretty quickly just because of his style of play. He's you know kind of a a gritty, no nonsense type player. Um, his shot has gotten a lot better since leaving Dallas. Actually, he he uh, he was a decent shooter with Dallas, but he's become a very good shooter in Portland, um, or at least a very reliable shooter. Uh, his defense is very is, is excellent. Um, he he is you know kind of on that that lower end on the three and D scale just because he he's not an elite three point shooter and he's not an elite de- de- uh, defender, but he's very good at both. Um, took him a long time to kind of develop into what he is, but but um, I'm a I'm a big fan. I think most of us are pretty big fans of his um, from his time here, um, and it'd be nice to have him come over and and kind of utilize that what he's learned in Portland and and yeah. show it off in Dallas. I mean, he would fit the system well. He'd fit next to the guys well, like we've talked about. The, those three and D guys pretty much can fit seamlessly into any lineup. Um, yeah. but you know, Portland's going to be in some, some cap issues this summer, it looks like. And so, uh, so he, he yeah. very well could be on the he's, market. Yeah, he's a guy that, you know, uh, most Mavs fans didn't want to see go, you know, in the right. first place. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is interesting, interesting. Like you mentioned, like his, um, his efficiency went like way up after leaving mm-hmm. Dallas. Like he went from even his, um, attempts, like he went from taking like less than two you know, threes a game to taking what, like four, <laughs> like the next yeah. season, and he his percentage went up from like twenty seven to thirty six. So it's yeah. just like, uh, so we now we know that he's uh he's capable of, and he's he's been shooting above, you know, thirty three percent like all you know his his seasons in Portland at like since leaving Dallas. So it's a steady trend here. So it's not like mm-hmm. you know like a one year fluke thing. So I mean, right. he's found his rhythm. He's found his shot. Um, again, he's a he's a great uh, uh, wing defender. Um, mm-hmm. He knows the system. Like he he was great here in Dallas. We loved him. The Chief. I mean, he's just like a fan favorite. Um, yeah. So um, depending on like how his contract looks, I mean, um, we can get him for a discount. That would be another you know got to bring back you know. So um, it, it it would be like you know a nice little homecoming um, if we can uh, get. Um, you know, like that, like a Danny Green or uh, a um, Ariza, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, like I would, I would definitely keep a nine Amino as well. Yeah, yeah, and then another name I, I had um, who's not really a three and D guy just because it's, he's not a spectacular three point shooter, um, but he is a really good defender and an underrated player. Uh, is Kentavious Caldwell Pope. He is going to be unrestricted this year. I can't imagine that he would even consider going back to the Lakers um, with kind of the crap that he's gone through there. Um, I don't know what his money situation is going to be. He could get offered a, a, a bunch of money. He could get offered nothing. It'll be interesting. Uh, but he is a, 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 an underrated defender. Uh, he's 6'5", so he's kind of more of a guard, um, but he is capable of playing um, 
you know, one, two, and and a kind of a small ball three as well, um, would be a really good defender to have. And he is a good scorer. He's just not a great long ball shooter. So, um, mm-hmm. he's someone to consider. I mean, he's not nowhere near the top of my list, but if uh, you know, there there are definitely worse players we could get for this summer. Um, yeah. So yeah, there there's there there are options for wings for the Mavs. Um, so let's keep going. We are running a little low on time here. Um, I'll just mention this one kind of in passing. Vucevic has taken a lot of uh, a lot of flack for his kind of his performance in the playoffs. You know, it wasn't great. We we understand that that it, that he uh, you'd like to see a guy with with his kind of hype uh, from the season perform well in the in the playoffs. And uh, it sucks that he didn't um, because, uh, like I said, I do I am a fan of his. Um, but you know, it, it's his first playoff series. He's young. He's he's inexperienced, and he's expected to be a leader for a team that was not expected to be in the playoffs. So uh, it's a yeah. kind of a unique situation, a weird situation. But I really don't think that he should be, or that that should be your reason to be out on on Vucevic for any reason. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I was I was just impressed uh, uh, with the Magic making the playoffs as is. Uh, my expectations weren't that high, so like when they were able to steal that game against the Raptors, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! <laughs> like, <laughs> this this is this is different." But um, I mean, again, they ran into a better team with mm-hmm. a way better player. You know, right? Um, you're playing up against you're going up against like a Finals MVP on the other end, like the like uh, Defensive Play of the Year. Like uh, Kawhi is a uh, what average and what like. 34, 38 points a game in the playoffs so far. I'm just like, yeah. So crazy. we didn't expect for that to <laughs> to to last like the magic that the magic were pulling off. But I mean, you gotta give him some slack. It's his first um his first go around again. And it's you said hype. I mean, hype is what it is. Like, but hype doesn't take you far into the playoffs. Right. Um But yeah, I I wouldn't go. I wouldn't be too hard on him. Um. It's it's his first go around. He they just ran to a better team. Yeah. Um. But I mean, it's a promising, promising, promising season. So, I um, I wouldn't put the blame on him. Right. At all. But yeah. Um. You know, but it's it's the nature of the playoffs. It's, it's how it works. Uh, it's when yep. the, all the hot takes start flying. So you know, it's we gotta say something. So yeah. <laughs> we gotta blame somebody. So it's just like, hey, blame the guy that was all star. So you know, it, it, it's kind of like the nature. Yeah, of the easy target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Vucevic, yeah, don't be too hard on him. You know, he could have done better, but all in all, it's it's not a big deal. Um, other names that uh, again we'll just kind of mention quickly that have been rumored to or for the Mavs to to be uh, possibly interested in or rather maybe should be interested in so um this first name it the way the rumor read was more like the Mavs should be looking at this guy as opposed to they are um but Danilo Gallinari with the Clippers um obviously he's he's a little bit older um he's in his early 30s I think um he's a great shooter um really a, a crafty basketball player he's he's particularly good at getting to the free throw line for a guy that um is not not necessarily um fast or agile i mean he's he's pretty um he's a fluid player but he's not quick by any means uh he is very good at getting to the line he's good at um great shooter 
uh, good passer, um, decent rebounder, not a great defender, um, but that's kind of um, how that mold of player works for the most part. Um, yeah. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Gallinari. I've made that very clear in the staff. Um, he's one of my favorite players, always has been. Uh, I would love to see the Italian Stallion in, in Dallas, but uh, um, I'm not sure that he's the best fit. Um, I think that he would have fit the team a lot better in years past than he would in um, upcoming years. Um, but even still, the way his contract works, it could fit right into the trade player exception. Um, we could get some money off the books in a deal that was centered around him. Uh, we could get some picks maybe added in. Um, there are a lot of good things about that possibility aside from just the fact that he is a good player you know he's injury prone yeah. um he has his downsides but he's he, he is a player that could make the team better and he's a player that could come basically for nothing to the Mavs so um could be very interesting the other name um that was rumored is Tobias Harris um I've talked a little bit about Harris I think that the chances of the Mavs getting him are slim I don't think he should be a top target for the team. I do think I do like his game. I do think he's a good player. I just don't think he's a good fit. I don't think he would fit next to KP at all. Um, but that's just my thought. Uh, I also don't think that he's... I, I think that if he gets the chance to stay in Philly, he will, just because of how much he's been kind of thrown around the league. Um, yeah, he might like some, some consistency. consistency. Yeah. Um, yeah, any thoughts on those two guys? Uh, I'll make a quick, you know, um, I know Gallinari's your guy, and I'm like really <laughs> down on him. I'll keep it short. If he finds himself in Dallas, all I ask is if he's ever defended by Steph Curry, shoot the ball. <laughs> Just don't, don't be afraid to take a shot over Steph. That's that's all I ask. Don't Don't pass it up. You're, you're hey, way taller. Than all I'm saying is we've got some guys on the staff, I won't name any names, but they will simultaneously talk about how Gallinari should be shooting over Steph because who wouldn't shoot over Steph? And then two seconds later they're talking about how Steph is this underrated defender and he doesn't get his credit. And Ooh. I'm just saying you got to pick a side here. You can't, you can't be down on Gallinari just because you want to and then talk about how great of a defender Steph is. So. Listen, when that Steph being a great defender – conversation started <laughs> i exited the chat yeah i don't think um, either of us I'll, commented on that one but uh i'll yeah i'll leave it at that um <laughs> uh as far as uh tobias harris goes i mean he's turned out to be like what a 20.8 and 20 points and eight rebound guy mm -hmm. uh, he's uh shooting about what 35 36 percent from three um did not see that coming but uh nope. <laughs> yeah his 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 game uh grew uh exponentially like after that trade uh, to to the clippers but then you know he's back um on the move and now he's in, like in philly really good uh situation if they if they knew how to utilize it if they can properly. do it yeah yeah uh but yeah i don't i don't see him it, i mean if anybody's on the move i don't think it'll be him uh right. after this season so i don't even like want to get my hopes up um, if you were to slip through the cracks somehow, um, I he's just not the type of player I would want to pair with um, with Luca and KP. Mm -hmm. um, I would want 
someone more of like a specialist, uh, you know, like a defensive guard, a three and D guy, oh, or yeah. like a you know a big that can be like a defensive anchor, grab some boards. Um, yeah. He just doesn't fit any one of those. Um, so I just I just wouldn't even look his way, even right. if he were available. So no yeah. no nothing against him no or his disrespect, game. He's just, right. The fit's awkward, and honestly, if the rumors come out that we actually are a team that he's considering, we will be very capable of talking ourselves into him. It's it's not like it would be a hard thing to do. Um, It's just kind of as far as the options that have been rumored, he's not one that's at the top of our list because, like you said, it's just it's just not the right kind of player that the Mavs need to to take that next step. Even though he would be a great addition because he is a great player, just you know, as simple as that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Real quick. I mean, we talked a little bit about DeAndre Jordan. It would be really cool if we got him back. Um. It's all. The Mavs may may pursue him a little bit. I. Anything could happen. I re, I do think he would fit the team well. Um. And I think that he'd be even better in this situation now than he was last year. Uh. For a lot of reasons. Um. Big thing is going to be the contract. Whether or not we can. Um. Get the right. Um amount of money for him we're not going to want to overpay for him like we did last year and that's going to be the kicker if he wants money he probably can get it um although it would not be uh, not be from us and it wouldn't be from a team that he would necessarily uh be th- that would necessarily be at the top of his list i'm sure um mm-hmm. it'd be tricky yeah um i'm just gonna save this last one for next time uh we are gonna record uh, early next week, so I'll, I'll put this last one. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the free agency departures as opposed to the potential incoming players. Uh, we'll leave that for next podcast. So uh, let's wrap okay. this up with some Mavs trivia here. Um, I've got a okay. question for you. It's a pretty simple question, but it is accompanied with some fun facts. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, throw it out for you here. Uh, the question is: What is the most number of free throws, Dirk? Nowitzki has ever attempted in a basketball game. You know, I told myself I would stop second guess myself. The first number that came to mind was twenty one. It's close. In yeah. it was close in two thousand eleven championship year. In the Western Conference Finals, in Game One, Dirk scored 48 points against the the Oklahoma City Thunder. He shot 24 free throws in that game. He has shot 24 free throws in a game twice in his career, both of them in the playoffs, once against San Antonio, once against once against Oklahoma City. Um, the fun fact about the one against Oklahoma City is that it is the record in the NBA history for most free throws made, or mo- most free throws um, attempted without a miss. So he made, went 24 for 24, the most ever in a playoff game. I will remember that now. <laughs> yeah, so he, he does have a record in the NBA book there for the most free throws m- most free throws attempted without a miss in a playoff game at 24. Something else to add to that historic run he went on. Yep. Just another fun little stat that makes that run even more amazing. 
All right. Well, um, that's what we've got for y'all today. Thanks again for listening. Um, check us out at thesmokingcuban.com, on Twitter at thesmokingcuban, uh, as well as our individual Twitter accounts uh, at colerasman67 and at, what is it, at Emmanuel Dixon underscore? Yep, that's it. I still got it. Okay. Um, yeah. Check out what we write on the site. Um, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Peace.